What's going on? It's the Urban Playboy, Pretty Boy Smooth. You are now tuned in to Wrestling Cheers. Keep it player. And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're a Mark with a mic. This is Wrestling Cheers. We like to talk about things going on Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is an interview with JT from Marks with Mics. I'm your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe your ever listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose a desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAManeuver.net. Like I said, this is an interview with... JT from Marks with Mikes, and we have him on the line right now. JT, how's it going this evening? Man, per usual, as I say, laying in the cut like a band-aid. How's it going, Justin? Uh, it's going it's going good. Just we're you know, we're getting right now to the end of the year. There's just a lot of a lot of great stuff going on in wrestling. We got also, you know, two more AIW shows coming up this year and just kind of like waiting for and also too, like all the holidays and everything. You got, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and all that kind of fun stuff. It's just Really starting to wind the year down. Yeah, man, this year to move by fast, man. You know, like you said, the two AIW events, you got Ho coming up. Not that I'm calling anyone a Ho that's listening. <laughs> Ho, Ho is an acronym for hell. Uh, that's coming up. You got a super crazy PCO there. Mm-hmm. You got uh, the one December 10th. You got uh, Ethan Page returning back to AIW. And then in between that, you got Thanksgiving and Christmas, two holidays that are guaranteed to make you gain anywhere from 20 to 30 pounds. And I love this time of year. Like Thanksgiving's my my holiday. Like I love everything with it. And like it, it's the it's the holiday that people like just want to look over. They want to go from, you know, Halloween to Christmas. And I'm like, well, I'm like, if you're in the U.S., like if you're in other countries, like I can understand, like looking over it, that's fine. But here in the U.S., like, let's just acknowledge Thanksgiving. And it's crazy, man. Like, people people don't even acknowledge it anymore. Like, uh, my wife has a thing, right? Like, as soon as, you know, October's around, it's Halloween movies. As soon as November comes around, we better not even think about putting anything that has a Christmas theme in it. Like, there was, there was this debate that we had the nightmare before Christmas. Was this a horror movie or was it a Christmas movie? Well, she's like, it's a Christmas movie. Well, I say it's horror because it's scary. It's scary to me because I don't think a skeleton should be around talking inside a Christmas suit. That's just me. I never looked at it like this. The way that uh, I've taken it for like almost a year now, because it was when uh, Hallow Wicked was on IndieCast. And he said that it's a Christmas movie because most of the movie, like, really focuses on Christmas and basically it's like it's Halloween for the beginning 
And then Jack's like, oh, I'm done with this. Oh, what's this Christmas? What's this? What's this? And like, he just becomes infatuated with it. I'm like, wow, I never looked at it like that. I used to always joke and actually say like, when people would say like, is it a, is it a Halloween movie or is it a Christmas movie? When I go, it's a Thanksgiving movie because it's in the middle. Right in the middle. <laughs> never lie. Speaking of Thanksgiving, man, I mean, coming up, what's, uh, you said, you said you love everything about it. I know there's some things that I hate about it. But what's some of the things that you love about it? I'll tell you one thing. My uh, my now mother-in-law, uh, she has this particular dish I love. And it's going to sound simple to everybody, but I'm going to add one twist to it. I might have mentioned it previously on the show. But she makes uh, kind of like a sweet potato casserole. And she puts, uh, I, think it's, I think it's casserole, but she puts, you know, marshmallows on the top, which regular. But she puts fruity marshmallows. And I'm telling you. That's that's a that's a big difference, and it's good. Okay, okay, I, I, I can I can rock with that. If you to say raisins, I would add. I would say throw it away. <laughs> ah, come on, man. I, I'll I'll season my food too. Like, don't I got I got a little bit of credibility. <laughs> no, nah, no problem, no problem. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you one of the things that I absolutely hate about Thanksgiving, and it has nothing to do with the food. It has everything to do with, especially with my family. It has everything to do with all the people that come over that don't bring anything to the table but a to-go plate and aluminum foil. That's what I hate about Thanksgiving, okay? Usually with my family, each person who, you know, each 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 uh each family has a person within their household who either brings the dish or they they're responsible for bringing paper plates, styrofoam cups, uh, you know, utensils, drinks. You got people that literally show up with to-go plates and aluminum foil, and they're in there just as fast as they come in. The only way you see them is if they're walking in or walking out. That's the one thing I hate. I'm pretty lucky I don't run into too much of that. And the thing that I like about my, I can't say like, because there's like, this it's, it's kind of complicated, but with me, because I know one thing with like a lot of holidays, whether it be, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, Easter, a lot of times it's like, all right, everybody's got that day. And, you know, you're trying to divvy up uh, that day with all your families. And it's like it becomes a huge puzzle because you're not just talking about like two families. You're talking about, well, you got, you know, this person trying to fix it with their schedule. And, you know, you're trying to do it with your schedule. And it's just like you have all these like families like intertwining. And it's like, OK, you know, what's the perfect time? And for me, like I don't do any I haven't done any actual blood family Thanksgivings for or even like holidays since uh, late nineties, early two thousands. My father's side is uh, very much spread out across the country. So we can never really, you know, sit down for one of those. And then my mom's side of the family, my grandmother was the glue. And when she passed in 1999, like that kind of like, we, we just all weren't coming together anymore. So, uh, I had it in the early two thousands where a friend of mine invited me over and I kind of like became adopted into that family. So I like, we do, all the holidays with their family. And the thing that they do for Thanksgiving that I love is we celebrate it the Sunday before. So that frees up a little bit of time for people on actual Thanksgiving. Oh, I see what you did there, man. So you able to have multiple Thanksgiving. So you start off on Sunday and by the time you done got the Thursday, you got yourself at least two or three meals. Kind of. Yeah. Or just at least with, you're able because also too like when you're like dividing it up between families it's like all right you know we got to eat a little bit here because you know 
you know, your aunt, we go over to her house, you know, and we don't eat a little bit of food. Like she's going to get really mad. Blah, blah blah. So it's like, we're able to do the, the Sunday thing. And it's just, that's our, that's our, our meal. I can eat as much as I want. And then I don't have to worry about offending anybody by going like to the next house. Like I'm not going to do that until Thursday. So by the time Thursday hits, like, boom, I get another, another fresh meal, get to, you know, spend the time too. And it's not like also too, when you're like just dividing up the time part, like, oh, we'll be here an hour and then we got to go over here. But nope. Get to spend between both of them, get to spend full days doing each. That's the beauty of it. See, back, back when my, my grandmother was alive, and uh, this is basically both both of my grandmothers uh, on both sides when, when they were both alive. Um, where, where I'm from, like uh, my grandmother's on my on my mom's side had 14 children. So what what she would do for they, uh, holidays like Thanksgiving is um, majority of the 14 children. They would come, and then their children's children they would come, and then the children's children they would come. Uh, my my grandmother was five generations strong, you know, with the family. So, mm-hmm. uh, w- w- with that being said, you're talking about a whole entire baseball field filled with just my grandmother's, uh, you know, or legacy, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and I I definitely understand what you mean. Like, you know, when when the grandparents were, you know, alive, uh, you know, that that tradition, you know, that that stayed alive. But, you know, as as time goes on, things like that, you know, they, they seem to fade away. You know, you end up you end up instead of staying the whole time, you end up going there just to get a plate. Then you go from just getting the plate to everyone separating, doing their own thing. And then it's like, well, I got 14 different houses to stop by because my grandmother had 14 children. Yeah. So I definitely understand what you mean. And that's just on my mom's side. It has nothing to do with the with the 10 children on my, my dad's side. That's when holidays turn into just a drive through, just drive through. Get get your plates that way. Jesus. Yeah, get your plate that way. Or, you know, hey, before before there was DoorDash or Uber Eats, it was, hey, get me a plate and drop it off to my house. That was the original DoorDash. <laughs> no delivery free. You didn't have to worry about anything. You may have to wait on your plate, but you didn't have to pay for it. I didn't think about it until now. I'm, I'm actually really looking forward to this Thanksgiving because last year during that week of Thanksgiving, well, technically that week and the next week is when I got COVID. So I remember it was literally like I got it the day before we did the Sunday thing and like I was feeling like shit and I that's before I officially knew I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to go. I'm just not feeling good. Got tested that next day on a Monday. Boom. COVID. And, you know, I was you know pretty much quarantined for the next two weeks and we had to have Thanksgiving like delivered to us <laughs> literally by by my mother-in-law and uh her sister which i was like great i get you know i get the food which i'm really happy and also i didn't lose my taste because that was another thing like if i would have lost my taste because i did kind of lose my scent but if i lost taste before thanksgiving i would have been so pissed but thankfully i didn't man that's the plus side because i know a lot of people that contracted covid the first thing they lost was taste and they couldn't, you know, get that sense of taste back to like weeks after recovery. Some people didn't even get the sense of taste back, yeah. which is crazy. I mean, could, could you imagine just going up to, you know, go, going up to someone's uh, house and them, them offer you something and it looks real good, but you can't even taste what it looks like? That's torture. Yeah. That's why if I would have lost it before Thanksgiving, I'd have been so pissed. <laughs> 
Like, here's this great meal. Then it's like, like I said, got salvaged, got to be delivered to me. But if I couldn't taste it, oh, I would have been so mad. It's like, how can you eat a sweet potato pie without tasting the sweet potato? I mean, mm-hmm. it kind of defeats the purpose. You might as well be eating plastic at that that moment. Are you turkey or ham for Thanksgiving? I am turkey and particularly smoked turkey. Okay. Because I know there's a lot of people out there that are just like, oh, like it should be ham and then also still have ham for Christmas. And I'm like, like ham's okay. But for Thanksgiving, give me, give me turkey. And I mean, I can eat ham for, for Christmas. It's not necessarily my favorite. The thing that I love about the adopted family that I mentioned is they're Italian. And normally, and I say normally because it doesn't always work out, but normally they make, uh, also like two things of lasagna or some with, meat and the other one without meat and oh like i love it every single year like what's your favorite uh holiday dish oh lasagna i can eat lasagna all day man i can eat that all day seven days a week 24 hours a day uh far as it goes with ham not that i have anything against ham it's just like for me uh it's like ham has to be done a certain type of way for me in order to mm-hmm. enjoy it like right now, and my wife will tell you, like we we can go out to to Denny's, we can go out to IHOP, Cracker Barrel, Cracker Barrel. I would not order the ham because I don't I don't like my ham too salty. So mm-hmm. if I'm gonna have my ham, it has to have that honey glaze on it. You gotta have some pineapples uh, in, in, inside there for for some flavor, and it, it, it has to have that that sweetness to it that balances out you know the saltiness of ham itself. Yeah, I can, I can, I think I'm kind of that way too. And I, I feel like if, and I mean, if you're making ham for Thanksgiving or even Christmas or like whatever it may be, and you're not like using the pineapple and the, uh, cherries and anything like that, like, what are you doing? Cause you're just making boring ass ham. No one wants boring ass ham. Actually, you know, when you want boring ass ham, at least for me, when it's on a sandwich and then I could add other stuff to it. So it's not a boring, just boring ass ham. I was about to say the same thing. That's the only time that born ass ham is acceptable is on a sandwich, preferably between two pieces of bread. Two pieces of bread, any type of condiments, uh, other sandwich meats, and you know, uh, other kinds of cheese. Yeah, like that. That, t- that I'll take boring ass ham. But if I'm making a plate and I'm getting a chunk, because I swear, at least for me, it's like it's always like a kind of like a chunk of ham. If I'm getting that. Yeah, it better have a little bit of sweetness to it. Yeah, I'm 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 the person that no one wants me to cut the ham at their house because I'm selfish. Like I don't care. Like I'm I'm gonna take that knife. First of all, I I I can't cut straight to save my life. So it's it starts off nice, and at the end, it just you get this real fat chunk of ham, <laughs> and you know, so it's 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 nice and thick at the back part, but at the end of the ham is real thin. So yeah, I'm I'm one of those people that. Can't cut ham to save my life, but don't let me cut your ham because people will be going hungry and <laughs> I, I don't care. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. That's that's what it's made for. It's supposed to be ate. If you didn't eat, I don't know what to tell you. I'll tell you one thing. Another dish that I love when it comes to Thanksgiving is, uh, is stuffing. Like, I don't know. Like stuffing is one of those things that I might have from time to time year round. Like it's rare, but for me, it's like it's always going to be that thanksgiving dish and it's i love it 
Ooh, see, that's where I'm going to have to throw a flag on the play. Unnecessary roughness. Um, <laughs> I I am as uh, a dressing guy, and there's this great debate about dressing and stuffing. Um, the difference, the texture, which one's better? And I've had both. I've had both as long as I can remember. And I remember the day that I was able to have them side by side. Side by side, if you're not really looking down at the detail, they look exactly the same. But the texture is really different. Um, I'll tell you what. If you have not had dressing, the next time I see you, I'm I'm just going to make some dressing. I'm going to make some dressing. I'm going to bring it up to you. And you let me know if you're going to go back to stuffing. Because once I had dressing, me and stuffing uh, relationship ended like that day. I haven't looked back. I haven't been looking at. Uh, I haven't been looking at stuff and posting pictures on Instagram or Twitter. What what stuff has been doing? Who stuff is new? Boo! Like <laughs> I don't. I don't care about none of that. Like once I taste dressing, I I totally forgot about stuffing. Like I honestly did. So I'm telling you, the next time I see you, I promise you, I'm gonna have some dressing for you, and we go. Matter of fact. We're gonna record it right on the spot. <laughs> and we're gonna get a we're gonna get a taste reaction from you. But yes, man, uh dressing is it's the dressing for me. Now, do you like the cranberry sauce or do you like the gravy on, on your stuffing? Oh, on my stuff? Uh I've never tried it with cranberry. I don't think I've ever really put gravy on it, but gravy kind of makes sense. But the closest and thing I, out on life. I'll say this the closest thing that I do to that, actually putting uh, cranberry sauce on it is uh, Get Go's Pilgrim, which I love, and I That's always close. yeah close. yeah I always get the cranberry sauce, and it, it's awesome. And I just recently had two uh, Ohio Pie Company. They have a pizza that only comes out this time of year, and it's the Thanksgiving leftover pizza, and it's kind of this kind of the same thing. But then like you add on cranberry sauce and actually i said if i get it one more time this year because it was a, i just tried it for the first time i have to get extra cranberry sauce because i felt like they didn't give me enough and it's never enough uh, i i was listening to to your show and i think it was like either last year or, or the year, year before last and you were talking about get goes uh the get goes uh the, the thanksgiving sandwich I, I can't remember the name of it pilgrim it, it can't, the, the pilgrim that's what it is yeah you just you just you just said the pilgrim sauce, but uh, you you were talking about it, and I was like, damn man, like this sounds interesting as hell, you know, because I'm, I'm one of those people like, okay, I'll I'll try once, you know, just to see what it's about. So I drove to the nearest get go that actually had a kitchen, because you know, uh, some get goes you go to them, they don't have kitchen, it's, it's just gas. Mm-hmm. I kind of find that weird. When, when you run into a get go that doesn't have a kitchen. But long story short, man, I order one. Well, how do you want it? I said, make it, make it a foot. Give me a foot long, whatever. I kid you not. I was only able to get through half. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's fucking, it's so good. Like there's a, there's one at Wawa called the gobbler. The only thing that I like about it is they actually give you more variety and they actually they have it to where there's a version that has sweet potatoes on it. But my issue with Wawa as a whole is like their their sandwiches aren't that big, like they're not as wide 
and I feel like I'm I'm kind of getting screwed over. Like it doesn't like like if I I want a sandwich, I want it to be big. Give me like all it's gonna be chopped up really bad. Give me all the girth. <laughs> give me give me a nice <laughs> nice big sandwich. Don't give me this little tinky ass sandwich because I just <laughs> it feels it's just horrible. So basically, what you saying is you like you like nice big girthy uh, <laughs> sandwiches to enter inside your mouth, and I understand because as a big man myself, I wouldn't want a a, a little small sandwich either. Like uh, I like to compare that to Jimmy John's, right? Like Jimmy mm-hmm. John's has good food, good food, but they bread is like I, I don't know. To me, I just seem when you compare it to. Other places like, you know, Firehouse and Subway and uh, Jersey Mike's is like Jimmy John's bread is like slim. I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to cut back on calories or trying to make the sandwich look sexy, but I don't care about all that. Like, give me give give me a BBW sandwich any day. Yeah, I, I would. I would probably compare Wawa sandwiches to Jimmy John's. I I, I always kind of forget about them. But yeah, that's a, that's a good comparison. And it's just, when you do compare it to something like Subway or even get go or sheets, it's just, it's just too small. And that's like, that's my, one of my few knocks on Wawa things that I can actually compare it to, to where if you would just put in front of me the gobbler and it was exactly like, uh, the pilgrim of, you know, how they make it, I'm going to go, well, I want the bigger sandwich. Like, don't give me this, this dinky ass thing. Cause it's just, it's just not going to be enough. And when I, when I finally tried it last year, I was like, yeah, it, this isn't it. This isn't it for me. I'll stick with my, with my gecko pilgrim. Bad part about it is there's no Wawa close enough for me to even go try this gobbler and the name itself. Uh, let's, let's come up with a new name because honestly, if I, if I also tell somebody, yo man, <laughs> I just tried this new sandwich. It's called a gobbler. Like automatically they're going to pause. Like, I don't know if I want to try that because the name itself just sounds like there's a lot going on. Mm. It's the name, the gobbler. I know that I know there's Wawa's in Florida, but I don't know how far down they go. Like I know they're in Orlando because I've been to oh, yeah. in Wawa, Wawa, Wawa goes all the way down to Miami. Okay. So as soon as I head out to my annual trip to Florida for the holidays, uh, I will be definitely stopping by a Wawa. Uh, it's a must. Uh, Wawa and Zaxby's are the two places that I, I hit up. And of course, Waffle House and Bud's Chicken. I have to hit up those those places in particular anytime I go back home. Uh, I love me some Zaxby's. It's been a minute. Actually, I just seen a it was a post from them on Instagram that uh, said, "Just somebody like, oh, welcome to Zaxby's. What, uh, what can we start for you today?" And was, you're supposed to like put your order in the comments. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll take a Zaxby's in Ohio. Thank you." Good luck on that. I, I know a lot of people been barking up that tree for for a long time. Mm-hmm. So good luck with that one, man. Now, let me ask you this: Zaxby's or Raising Canes? <sighs> it's tough. I, I, the thing that I love about Zaxby's is. There is a variety, though I only get the same thing from Zaxby's, which is the the little Zach sandwiches and and fries with with obviously got to go always go sweet tea. But like a lot of the stuff that that Kings has is like really good, too. But there's no variety. It's like it's just, you know, chicken fingers. They know they know what they have. And that Texas toast is always awesome. It's amazing. 
Uh, I think too, like I like, I like Zaxby's probably more only cause it's not here. Like when you had to go down to Columbus to, to get Raisin Cane's, like I thought it was great. And now that it's up here, even they just built one like a mile or so from my apartment. I haven't been to that one yet. And even the one that uh, isn't that far from me in Kent, I've been to less than a handful of times and it's been here for a number of years. Yeah, man. Um, tell you, tell you uh, the first time I tried Zaxby's thing was like uh, 2013 or so. First time I ever tried Zaxby's. Um, changed my life, man. My, my taste buds went to a whole nother level. I think I think I literally seen God that day uh, that I tried Zaxby's. Now, the first time I tried Raising Cane's, which was actually this year, um, I want to say I had another coming to Jesus moment because I was kind of like, there's no way that these basic ass chicken fingers are so good because it's like you said, they're basic. They plain. Okay. They tell you exactly what they got right off the jump. Chicken fingers and fries. Nothing else. This is all you get. Or maybe this little coleslaw, which I never get the coleslaw. I tell them straight up, look, take that coleslaw, sub it out for extra fries because um, I'm not a coleslaw coleslaw guy unless it's on the Polish boy. That's just me. I do extra toast. Yeah, that that, that toast does slap. Uh, that toast slaps uh, really good. Like, I'm, I'm one of them type, like, I, I remember, like, I, I picked up my babysitter, right? This is a true story. So, uh, pick up my babysitter, and the first, uh, I'm driving through the drive-thru, and this is the first time I had ever got one of these, like, crazy greetings while driving through the drive-thru. So, that was like, uh, cluck, cluck to you. What, what can I get for you? I was like, what? Hold on, wait, wait a minute. So, I, I played along with them. So, okay, all right, you want to be funny? I'm going to be funny. So automatically I changed it to this old man's voice. So the whole the whole time I'm I'm sitting there ordering, I'm over here talking like this. So I'm like, uh, so my my grandkids told me about this place. So all you have is chicken. You don't have anything else, right? Yes, sir. All we have is chicken. So are you sure? So it's just chicken. So do you have chicken wings or chicken thighs? No, just chicken fingers. So just fingers. So what happened to the rest of the chicken? I literally was sitting there with this person on the speaker for a good five minutes. And finally I ordered, uh, she was like, uh, okay, can I have a name for the order? So I'm like, yeah, my name is Dunny. Dunny with a D. So when I pulled up, and I give her my card. She sees this. She sees this young guy. She gives me this look, like really. <laughs> I mean, I mean, but it, it was. I mean, you, you, you decided to play with me, so I figure I could play with you too. Yeah, that's funny. I have a friend that kind of does something similar to that, where he'll uh, change his voice up and he'll kind of go through drive-throughs, and it's like he'll do something just completely opposite of you know what he looks like. And when he get people see him, they're like, "What? Didn't I thought?" Never mind. I get that so many times. So, all right, man, you got a, I I think I've heard the story. Not a hundred percent sure. Um, exactly. What is the story behind marks with Mike's? Oh, it's a little lengthy story. Uh, it all started a long time ago. No, um, does that work? Shooting the shit. Um, a couple people at work or whatever and common interests, of course, brought everyone together, you know, wrestling. So, Started shooting the shit, and um, I had already wanted to 
you know, do something in relation of, you know, just having some type of open dialogue or, you know, amongst friends that we can, you know, discuss this thing that we like all wrestling. So the name itself wasn't even something that I came up with. Um, my, my friend Adam, um, who, who worked at the same place I worked at, he came up with the name. Uh, the very first episode that is available, it's not even the first episode. Uh, the first episode we ever recorded, we didn't know anything about what the hell we were doing. And, you know, it's just a learning process. So we're all in the room and we're all on the app at the same time. And we're all here and record. Well, guess what we get? We get a whole bunch of echoes. So that episode never came out. Uh, needless to say, I learned right then and there, this is going to take a, a lot uh, to definitely, you know, learn and and definitely uh, gasp on too. But, you know, the story behind it is basically in the name. It's just a bunch of guys who, you know, is shooting the shit. Basically what we're doing today, uh, giving our open opinions Giving some loose facts here, you know, and of course, I mean, we find everything like everybody else does Google, right? So that was basically the the synopsis behind it. And it ended up turning into a whole nother, you know, thing where it went into interviews and, and it went into, you know, covering shows and recapping shows. So I was like, you know, just went along with the flow. How long has it been? That is a good question. So um, uh, initially, initially, the start was 2018. I want to say it was uh, March of 2018 was the first episode. If I'm not mistaken, uh, it was in March. And um, here it is, 2021, three years. I think because of 2020, it feels like it was so much longer ago. Like, seriously. that's that's because we went through a lot of shit in 2020. You know, we had a lot go on. COVID, <laughs> the election, a whole bunch of shit. So, yeah, 2020 felt very long and dragged. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, man, uh, it's it's amazing, you know, just to see where everything has come from, you know. And like like everything, everything has a, a growing process, you mm-hmm. know, where you start from, things that you learn from, mistakes that you learn from. You know, still to this day, everyone who's ever been a part of this show, uh, regardless, like I, I hold nothing against anybody. Like I, I can call up Ryan Mack right now and be like, "Yo, Ryan, let's go head out to this AIW show," and it's nothing. Like, you know, that's still my friend outside of podcasting, and the same that goes with anyone else. Yeah, it's it's, it's crazy about like stuff like that when your podcasters like us and like, you're kind of like the driving force of what you're doing and the people that will come in and out. It's like, obviously it's like nothing. A lot of times it's nothing against, you know, people who come in and out, but when like, you're the one taking the responsibility for everything, like you're going to look at it potentially a little bit differently than other people. So if they they just happen to have a point where they're like, "Ah, I'm done or like, I got this other stuff. Like it's, Hey, that's, that's fine. And I'll, I'll move on. That's and it's obviously never anything, you know, that's, you know, personal. No. And the thing is, I, 
I, I would never take it personal because one thing I tell anyone who ever feels like, hey, look, I, I want to hop on with y'all, you know, for a few episodes or oh, I, I want to join the crew. And no matter how long, you know, these these people may last, sometimes they last a year, sometimes they, they last over a year, sometimes they, you know, ride, ride with us continuously. But the one thing I tell each and every person that uh, ever, you know, hops on, you know, with us to either record with us or be, be a part of the crew, like, look, listen, one thing I ask for anybody. Keep it, keep it G, keep it 100. Like, you know, keep it real with yourself and then keep it real with me. Because mm-hmm. if you can't keep it real with yourself, you definitely can't keep it real with me. So be real with yourself first, then come to me. And then it's like, I can respect it more that way than it, it being something that it, you know, something that is not, you know, you know, versus telling me, well, hey, I can't do this because uh, the, the dog ate my homework, you know. That's not a, you know, legitimate, you know, to me. That's just me. But that's the one that's the one thing I tell everyone, like, hey, keep it real with yourself and come back at me and keep it real with me. If, if this if this ain't is this ain't for you for right now and you need to take a break, take a break. You know, if you want to come back, I always tell people the door is always open. I ain't I ain't never going, you know, be the one to say, you know, hey. Kit rocks with uh, with flip flops and you know I hope hope you out here walking barefoot inside the streets like that's never gonna be me like you know I'm always the one that's gonna tell you hey keep grinding no matter what you do if you if you want to go out there instead of podcasts and you wanna you wanna become a person that cover covers rock bands and music or you want to do MMA whatever is your passion do it you know I, I'm the friend that's gonna support you but you are right it's like be, being the driving force behind it, you take everything a little bit more uh, serious. Like, for instance, I compare it in the sense of, you know, it being your baby, right? Yep. No one's going to treat your baby the way you treat your baby, okay? You can you can bring a babysitter in there, and the babysitter's not going to treat your baby the way that you treat your baby, you know? You can have a family friend. You can have a girlfriend that you're seeing and, you know, your girlfriend's over. Your girlfriend's not going to treat your baby the way that you treat your baby. Only you you are going to treat your baby the way the baby needs to be treated. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely true. And then I think what I tell people is, especially like if I'm trying to get people for like previews, reviews or any type of episode like that, it may be just communicate with me. If something's come up to where you can't do the episode or you don't want to do the episode or whatever it may be, I would rather take a no than nothing. Because if I get a nothing, I might hold off for a while. Be like, ah, oh, they might get back to me. But if it's no, I can't do it. Okay, cool. Obviously, no harm, no foul. That's fine. Move on. Move on to the next person. Because I've, I've had that issue in the past where so, some people were just really bad at communication. And I kind of be like, it's. Like, I'm not saying live by this like I do, but just if it's a no, tell me no. And I'll be like, cool. Yeah, man, I feel that, man. Uh, you know, communication is the key into any driving relationship, uh, business, whatever it may be. Communication is key. All right. Your body communicates. OK, your, your brain tells you right now to lift up your leg and your knee sends the message down to your to your ankle and your toes and so on and so on. It's all about communication. And at, 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 at the end of the day, for me, as long as the communication's on point, I'm cool. I ain't got nothing. 
I ain't got nothing but love for for anybody and everybody, but you know, that's just me. I don't you you already know me. Like I don't I don't really got time to really, you know, get mad get mad at you for okay, well you can't make it. Okay, I understand you can't make it. Life goes on, it's all right. Uh we'll try it again. But if you tell me absolutely nothing, I'm either gonna take that one of two ways. Either A you got busy or B, you don't give a fuck about my time. Yeah, that's uh that's definitely one way to put it. And if you know, you someone would just cause actually I just I kind of had this recently in a in a personal situation of just simple communication where it's like all I need is like five seconds of your time while you send a message back. And like that's it. Like I don't need like sometimes I don't need a full blown conversation that's gonna take like a lot of time where it's like, well, I got all this stuff going on, like, oh just dude, give me five seconds. You know, when you're scrolling on your phone, on uh, or you're going to the bathroom, drop me a line, two, five seconds, and then go back to Facebook or something. Like, I'm like that's all I'm asking for. Yeah, and that 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 be the tough part. It's like you know, there's literally 24 hours in a day. Now, whether you wake up uh, within those 24 hours, some people wake up, you know. After six hours have passed out that day. So now you have uh, 18 hours within that day or some people wake up, you know, eight hours after the the day has started. So now, you know, you 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 have uh, you have a total of what? See, I am so bad. My standard math is so off right now. Uh, You you have a a total of what? 14, you know, whatever uh, hours to, to communicate with somebody or, you know, reach out to somebody. I always say that to me, like you, you make time for what you want to make time for. Right. Um, that, that's just what it is. Like if you're if you're a person that likes to go out and buy sneakers, you're going to make time to either go go on whatever website you go to to find your sneakers and you're going to order those sneakers. You're going to make time to do it. If, if you're a person that likes to look up recipes or something that you may want to cook, you're going to make time to go do that. My whole thing is, what do you want to go ahead and dedicate your time to? And if, if dedicating your time to uh, this is not important on your list, then I think it's time to definitely take a step back and look at everything and reevaluate and see what is key ascension and what is not key ascension. You know? Yeah, I think one thing that I've seen in podcasting over the past 10 years, you always find people who they look at it and go like, I can do that. And then they start doing it. And then they're like, shit, I didn't realize there was that much work to it. And whether, whether they, they're, yep. they are someone who's a driving force or whether they're just someone who pops in, it's just like, yeah. I mean, especially if you're the driving force, it's a lot more than just hit record and post. There's a lot of other work that goes, goes in with all that. And whether it be uh, planning stuff, whether it be editing or hell, even just like, it's not even just planning for an episode. Like, uh, you're potentially sometimes planning episodes uh, weeks in advance. Yeah, and that is so true. And I was one of those people that looked at podcasts and I said, I can do it. Yeah, no problem. Got into it. And let's just put it this way. There's still stuff that I'm learning. You know what I'm saying? Like, And one thing you never want to get at a point in life is that you can't learn shit. No, no one can teach you nothing new. And it's like, 
that's that's ludicrous. This this is the reason why you know you have many different wrestling schools and many different promotions, and you have people that go out to Japan and people that go down to Mexico and Canada who wrestle on the West Coast and the East Coast. There's always something new to pick up. All right, the moment the moment you feel like you know everything is the moment that you have realized that you know absolute jack shit. So I I will tell you this. I stepped into this podcasting thing without knowing little to nothing. And every single thing uh, that I've learned has been basically self-taught, you know. So every everything is, has been self-taught down, down to the editing, down to the photo editing, you know, which I, I had to learn how to do that. And it was like, all right, well, the per- person I had doing it before is like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore or whatever. I, I moved on to do something else. All right, cool. That's nice. Uh, point me in the right direction. Okay. Oh, you can't point me in the right direction. Like I say on my show all the time, Google that shit. And I Googled everything that I had to learn in order to be successful at different aspects of, you know, the, the whole, the whole game of, you know, the marketing and the, you know, the, the editing, the podcasting. And it's, it's a lot that goes into it. It's, it's more. It's more than what you initially signed up for. Let's just put it that way, because if if I would have knew everything that I knew now, I probably honestly would have took a little bit more time before I even launched the first episode. And we're, we're talking about I, I probably would have I probably would have waited possibly a good year before I even launched an episode. But the fact is, you know, like I told you on your show before, it's like I'm one of those people that you have to get that message out that's inside of you because you never know the last time you're going to be able to go ahead and speak. You know, everyone has mouth minutes, right? Eventually we run out. No one knows their, their particular plan. I'm just trying to simplify things for you people that's listening. No one knows their, their plan, right? No, no one knows when those minutes are going to run up, when they're going to run out. So which is why anything that I have to say, I try to get it off my chest. I try to record it. I try to put it down because who knows? My next episode may be my last episode, you know, and that's that's not by choice or design, you know, because last year we all lost some people. We, we all we all lost some people due to COVID. You know, we all lost some people due do the things outside of, of COVID, you know. So I kind of try to take every moment that I have, um, whether that be podcasting or whatever, even if it's, uh, you know, recording, recording some lyrics or writing down some lyrics. Like I try to put it out there, but definitely if I can go back, um, I probably would have (laughs) waited. I mean, like I said, I've been doing this literally for a little over 10 years now. I started in doing like small podcast stuff, May of 2011. And I still learn stuff. And if I were to like put samples out of like things I did in each of the years, like there is definitely like difference, whether it be like the equipment, which I think is, is kind of a big part, but there's also just like even editing. When I was really early on, I didn't like a lot of silence in my recordings. And that's something I, something I do kind of preach to people, like try to take out silences. Like you don't have to, it doesn't have to be like, there's no silence, but cut them up. Like it's 
I mean, if you, if anybody uses the program audacity, like I do, there's actually uh, a thing on there that's truncate silence. And I use it a lot, but early on when I used it, like it was kind of like people were talking like, do, 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 do. Like it was just going like one person to the other, like really quick because that's how kind of like insecure I was with silence. And over time, like I've changed my settings to where it comes off a little more natural. There might be times that it doesn't always, but I think it will leave a little, it leaves enough silence to where it just kind of sounds like a, a brief pause and then moving on to like the next person speaking. And I forget like when I really like got comfortable with that, I want to say it was actually, I think it was actually 2018 and I'm, it's just, I'm still learning a lot of stuff like that. And I'm, I'm always trying to find ways to just get better, especially like sound wise and editing and whether it makes it easier for me or just makes it like sound better or even like, like something really simple. Like when we're recording right now, the fact that I have this luxury, I have two recordings because I've learned enough in podcasting and I've told people this and like a lot of them come back to me and go, yeah, you're right. If you can record that many times as you can record something, or have like different recordings, do it. Because if one of them screws up, you at least have a backup and you feel better about it. That is so true. That is literally so true. Trust and believe I learned uh, the hard way. Uh, let me tell you how bad that I learned this the hard way. Um, you remember that night, Wrestle Razor? I was out there. I had the equipment and all that stuff set up. And I was interviewing uh I, I want to say the three people I interviewed that night, um, Zach Thomas, um, Steve Guy, and I want to say it was Matt Justice, uh, Matthew Justice and Bill Alfonso, right? Okay. Okay. I have these recordings. I'm happy about them. Okay. House Fire breaks out. Months later, lost those recordings. Wasn't I, I didn't have it backed up to a cloud or anything. The CPU, the hard drive, everything about it was fried. I'll give you another example. Joshua Bishop had him for the pandemic, uh, during the pandemic, recorded the episode. Video turned out fine. Not one speak of audio. Lost that whole entire interview. So I'm telling you from experience and I'm telling you, because Justin Summers is also telling you, back of your recordings, have two, at least two sources of audio. That way you can always have something to fall back on just in case something is not right. And it's obviously you can't always get the two like for even like for this, it's not exactly like there's a copy. It's like I'm recording on my laptop and then I'm recording through my mixer. Like there's two separate recordings. The funny thing about. Uh, you mentioned Joshua Bishop, and I, th I think I've told this story before, but anybody who hasn't heard it, I'll, I'll explain it one more time. I was technically the first person. I think, well, no matter what, I was the first person to ever interview Joshua Bishop, and we did it after Absolution, his very first Absolution, and we did it downstairs at Mount Carmel right after the show. Well, at the time, I was using kind of a complicated system where I had a mixer plugged into my uh an android tablet i had and like it, it like it it did what it needed to do but it definitely wasn't like the most proficient thing out there like i could have gone out and bought a actual recorder and everything 
uh, moral of the story, I eventually did do this, but for a different reason. But the fact was, I recorded it on this tablet. I went home, and part of this feature on like uh, the tablet, uh, I would back it up to Google Drive. I forget exactly what happened, whether there was like a problem with backing it up or whether I think I went to go hit backup, but I accidentally hit delete. So this this whole interview that I spent time on was fucking deleted. Luckily, Josh worked with me. He came over like two days later and we re-recorded it. I don't know if it went, it was the best, uh, re-record, but I'm like, it, it salvaged it. It was something, there were still issues even in the re-record. Uh, but I ended up kind of like learning a lesson of like, yeah, this system isn't working for me. And it wasn't just like, like I said, it was, uh, like I had, like I had microphones plugged into a mixer, plugged into a tablet and always had to make sure there was a power supply for the tablet and everything. I'm like, you know what? Uh, this I'm I'm done with this and I actually bought an actual recorder and I've rarely have an issue with with stuff like that because at least also too it's on a memory card and I can just you know pull out the memory card throw it in my laptop and you know ha- make sure it's good but yeah like I felt horrible after deleting that like I went to this high like yeah I just got you know, got this interview done let me upload it and then accidentally deleting it just going like I just wasted like a couple hours for all this like what the fuck nah man I know that feeling and I'm really hoping that I can really rekindle this fire so uh, to Joshua Bishop um, Steve Guy um, Zach Thomas (laughs) Matthew Justice um, if y'all get the availability let's run that back (laughs) yeah that that would be good oh man like I feel your pain on all that of It sucks to have something, but I've had people like, even with like, you know, podcasting or I'll even say me where I, where I've learned the lesson and I've been able to come back and go like, this is why I do it. Like, um, I have with this system where I have like two recordings going on at the same time, I actually had it where one recorder stopped working. I want to say it was my mixer. There was like one of those, like, you know, where like power doesn't necessarily go out, but if it, maybe it kind of does, but like for like a barely a second but it kind of like it'll right it'll cause like that power surge and like it'll shut a lot of things off well it shut down my mixer and i believe it it didn't it didn't save what i recorded luckily dang luckily i had another recording going that's on on the laptop which has a like a battery supply so like it never shut off so i was able to salvage something or i've had a point like early on with this this mixer, the uh, memory card I had in it, um, there was it was there was something kind of wrong with it where it would record, but like roughly about an hour, all of a sudden it wouldn't recognize the memory card and would stop recording. And if I'm mid conversation, trying to like scramble and do everything, like I'm going to lose a little bit of audio. But luckily, I have another recording going, and that's I could I could fill in that gap, or I had like another whole full thing of audio where it's fine, where it's. But that's the the psychopath in me. In, in recording where of I don't want to lose any of that stuff. And even too, it's just how I am. Like I have literally recordings from 2012, 2013 on my external hard drive of like podcast, like where I could go in and uh, with the editing files for it, where, yeah, where everything's like edited and I can go back in maybe edit some more and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That's, but that's just how I am. Yeah. To make sure you had that backed up. I definitely understand that. 
Speaking of backing up, let's back up a little bit. So um, we talked about basically hopping into the podcast game, uh, things that we learned along the way. Um, before podcasting, um, what were you doing outside of that? Because I could tell you I was nowhere near podcasting at all. I kind of started inching towards podcasting. Um, I go back to house 2010. Uh, I remember a friend of mine found this, this app and he was using it to like post audio recordings and the links would be posted on Facebook. Uh, the app was called flip zoo L F L I P Z U. And it was basically like kind of a podcast. But of just like this particular file of people, you know, whoever was talking. I remember my friend uh, who kind of went through radio school and everything, but I know he was using a talk like basketball and everything. He was a huge Pistons fan. And this is like after LeBron left. And I remember him talking shit about that and everything. And like in some of these files. And I did a couple and I talked about football uh, because this was the year the Bears were in the playoff hunt. And that's my second team. So I was like really, really excited for that. And I remember just kind of like sitting there using it and just, you know, talking about that. But I only did a couple and then I like stopped doing it. And then like, it was also around this time I was actually starting to listen to podcast. Um, PTI, which is just the, the TV show and, and podcast format, which I love. Been a long, it's been a while since I've listened to it, but that was always a, a really, really easy listen. There was also like an ESPN football podcast. And then there was one of my favorite writers, um, uh, a wrestling columnist, basically named John Canton and he had a podcast. So I remember listening to his a lot, but this was back when I wouldn't listen to just a ton of podcasts. It was kind of like these, these ones. And that was it. Well, he stopped doing a podcast at the end of 2010. And then, you know, I would just like stuck with listening to PTI all the time in the ESPN football podcast. Come May, 2011, I have a job interview in Cleveland. And at the time I'm actually living, uh, with my mom in Rutstown, Ohio. So it's like, it was like a roughly an hour drive. So I knew like, all right, I'm gonna have like more drive time than I'm used to. Like, cause I was having like an hour a day, like half hour each way. Now I'm going to have an hour one way. So I'm like, I got to come with, I got to find more podcasts. Let me, let me find a wrestling one. And the one that I started listening to is no longer around, or at least not around in the, that state that it was. But basically it used to be this podcast to where people would, submit audio clips and they were allowed to be like a minute and a half to two minutes long. They didn't like it to go too much longer than that, but uh, people would submit them and the host would talk about them. A lot of times there was also like, we did storyline stuff on the, on the podcast. Uh, a lot of people had character names. Like I went by heavy set, which was uh, a nickname that I had dating back to when I was in high school. So kind of characters and everything. And that kind of like lured me in. I'm like, this sounds kind of fun. And I wanted to jump in. So I think after listening for a month, then I, I made my first submission. And then that kind of like, it grew from there. Cause then just like, if I could just do three minute clips for a show, like dude, like I'd have that done in so much time back then. It, like, it took me like hour or two to edit everything, but I've, I've learned way, like obviously way in so much in 10 years, but that sh that little just little clip of stuff also led into a football podcast, which was my first official one, which 
going back to the whole flip Zeus thing, there was another app that I found like it. And uh, I'm trying to remember what it was called. might've been called cinch.fm. And it was kind of the same thing. And I used it to make football picks. And I would talk about the games and how my team was doing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, another friend of mine started doing the same thing on there. And then we just came together and like, let's just, we're doing the same thing. Let's form a podcast. And that was my technical first podcast. And it just, it just grew from there. Cause like once you you're in it, you kind of want to keep adding to it. You want to like do other things. I mean, I'm now to a point where I'm like, I know what I want to do. If I want to go outside of it, it's, it's whatever, but I'm not going to try to create another show. I'm, I'm kind of done with that. But yeah, that, that was like, I, like I said, I, like, as you could tell, like I got into it like inch by inch. Yeah. Uh, the first, the, the first one I think I ever listened to was the Joe, Joe Rogan experience that at that thing was, that was the first podcast I had ever listened to. And, um, even at that point I had zero, there was zero idea in my head. Oh, do a podcast. Like, I, I think the first episode of Joe Rogan I listened to was probably like 2010 or something. I, I, I can't remember how, how far back it goes. And this, this was like before, you know, podcasts were as big as they are now. But, you know, in 2010, I, I was still making beats and producing and, 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 and writing and, and things of that nature. Like, that's that's what that's what I was doing uh, back in 2010. So it, it literally took a whole entire eight years after that before I was like, all right, let me uh, let, let me go in and talk about something that I want to talk about and present it in a way that it's different, you know. And that's that's the thing about it is finding you know your own unique identity. It, which which is the, the the same thing that can be said about the wrestling business, right? You know, you look at, you know, especially with with independent wrestling right now. You know, characters finding their their own identities, companies finding their own identities, and being able to differentiate from other promotions out there and other indie stars of of wrestlers out there. It's about finding that identity, and I think in a way. Um, especially when it does come down, you know, the, the trials and success of, uh, Marshall Mike's, uh, in a way, I think we've found, found our, I, I found our identity. And at this point, it's all about, you know, capitalizing on it and, and making sure that we stay within, you know, that, that same boat because it's easy to get lost in yourself. It's easy to lose yourself, but it's even, harder to keep yourself grounded you know what i'm saying oh yeah definitely you bring up uh independent wrestling how how's that been too like because like when you obviously first started you weren't into independent wrestling and now like you've seen this whole other world um as i i say before and i said it to you um before um this me having anything to do with independent wrestling goes out to old friend Pamela Nicole, a friend of your show, a friend of AIW. If it wasn't for Pamela Nicole, I would not have had my experience with independent wrestling in Ohio. So this is all her fault. Uh, if you want to blame anybody, <laughs> it's her fault. It's all her fault. I put the blame on her, but I thank her. I definitely thank her because if it wasn't for her, um, I wouldn't know about 
half or basically majority of all the independent wrestling that I know about because it all started from, hey, come to AIW. They have this, they 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 have the uh, they have the JT Lightning, um, JT Lightning tournament going on, and um, they they have, they have the. I, I think it was the biggest cup going on that that same the same week. Yep. And it's, this this is at Mount Mount Carmel, and literally told me this at an NXT uh, NXT uh, show in Cleveland at the Agora. I said, okay, bet I'll be there. Nine times out of ten, if I say I'm gonna do something, I come through. Unless I am bedridden, I'm coming through. I came through. I ended up meeting. People like Maserati West Barkley, meeting people like PME uh, for the first time, um, getting to see people for the first time like the Jollyville Jollyville Fuckets, and you know, so so many different people there that night. And so since then, since Pamela put me on to AIW and independent wrestling as a whole. Um, Things have been going good. I mean, I, I had a chance to explore for myself. I, I had the chance to, you know, partner with with other other promotions and other streaming apps. You know, uh, Power Slam TV is is one of them. I, IWTV, which is where I get a lot of my independent wrestling fix from, because a lot of promotions that I, I work directly with or is on that. Um, on IWTV. So I think the the discovery part of learning more and more about um, these these people that are coming up through the indie scenes that eventually make it on, you know, at that time, you know, it was only WWE, ROH, and Impact in New Japan. Now, you know, it's WWE, there's AEW, MLW, uh, New Japan, Impact Wrestling. So it's good to see the progression from where these people are coming from. And um, all that is due in part to independent wrestling. And I can tell you now, um, ever, ever since I went to that indie show, and I, I want to make sure I got the timing right for it. Um, because I, I remember going to Mania 34, and I ended up going to this uh, this indie show. I think it was Impact versus Lucha Underground, uh, WrestleCon. But every ever since I've been to that one AIW show, I've been able to learn so much about a lot of different performers. I had a chance to interview a lot of different performers, um, got to know people outside of the, the wrestling ring on a personal level. Like, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. Like, I would have never thought that this whole different world exists. Now, don't get me wrong. It's like, I knew, I knew that independent wrestling existed. I had just never been to a show and not been inside the realm of independent wrestling. And I can tell you that if I do go to Mania this year, most of my money is going to be spent at independent shows. It's it's just amazing to go down that rabbit hole. And I always like hearing people's story because I know it's it's somewhat similar to mine. And then you also have a just so like so much to so much to discover and it's something that i'm always trying to get like new fans like there was something like kind of like talked recently on the aaw podcast about how gatekeepy fans could be but i'm like i'm i always want new people to show up and like 
I've now actually, if I ever see anybody tweeting in, oh, well, tweeting on Twitter, but like if they're from Akron and I know they don't go to AIW or I'll, I'll double check their followers or who they're following. And if I don't see AIW, I'm like, hey, um, why don't you want to check this out? Like, for example, uh, two that I can give one was it was a little while ago where I was going through some of Matt Cardona's uh, replies and I checked someone's profile randomly and it said they lived in green, which for those who don't know, that's part of Akron and that's the area where AIW runs. So I was like, Ooh, you're a Cardona fan and you live in Akron. As soon as, uh, the graphic was released for him being at AIW, I tweeted to the dude, don't follow him. He doesn't follow me, but I remembered that. And I sent him something. I don't think he came, but it was just like kind of letting, like letting the word out. Like I, you're a fan of the dude. Here he is. And then there was uh crazy how this worked. There, were, there was a really bad power outage in uh, my area and I was checking Twitter on updates and like I had checked somebody's profile. So obviously like this was going to be someone who's like local and it turns out they're also a wrestling fan. And I'm like, oh, okay. And then cause they were also tweeting about AEW. I'm like, oh, Hey, uh, and I even like blatantly told him like, yeah, I just found your tweet here on, uh, about the power outage, but I also see a wrestling fan. Uh, let's check out AIW. They got uh, you know, they, they come down to Akron, you know, a couple times a year. Like you, you might want to check them out. And it's just, it just those little things. Like I would want new fans to show up because that one fan could bring in another fan or two. And then those fans could bring in another fan or two. Next thing you know, like this, you know, this company's bigger. Cause I've seen them go through growth spurts where, uh, like when we were at Turner's hall, which was forever ago, like when we first got there, you know, we weren't really always filling up the gym by the time we left there. Like it was like standing room only around the edges. Like it was, it was packed Then we moved to Mount Carmel and it was like the same thing to where by the time we moved out of there, like, yeah, like it was, it was getting packed. And that's, if I can like help the, this company grow, like, let's fucking do it. Oh man, I am all for it. And you know what? It's funny, funny that you say that. Like you, you, you all for you know having new fans show up. And the thing, the thing is, it's like you know that 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 may be you, but some you know some some people may may come there and you know some sometimes some some of the fans that they've never seen you before, they kind of like look you like, okay, who the fuck are you, and who let you inside here? Because I don't remember you being on the list. Who's this new guy? But eventually, eventually, pe- people come around because I, I remember when I first got there, man, it, that's people like, who the fuck is this dude? Like, you know, is he uh, is, is does he part of the staff? Is he a guy coming in? Is he gonna do a spot? Who the fuck is this guy? And you know, that that's basically the look I got like for the first, I guess, couple shows. Then afterwards, it's like, yeah, finally. You know, I, I nested in, but then, you know, then again, there's still, there's still like a select a few who still look like they didn't, you know, never saw me before, but, you know, to, to each their zone, like I'm the, I'm the guy. I don't, I don't like to bring the wrestling fan to, to these shows. I, I'm, I'm the guy who would probably bring like people who've never been to a wrestling show before. It's like, yo, don't, don't worry about your ticket. I got you in your ticket. Just ride, ride out with me, you know what I'm saying? I got, I got some lick in the car. 
I got I got something that, that that's gonna ease your mind before you go inside the show. We gonna go ahead. We gonna have us a nice time. You about to see some shit that you never seen before. And those are the fans that 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 I like to bring in who never necessarily been to a wrestling show, but they become a fan of wrestling from that one experience that you had a part in in creating for them. Now that's more that that's that's more so my avenue. Now don't get me wrong. I love wrestling fans, but I'm one of those people that kind of like making people into wrestling fans, like people who had all this stigma about it before they even, you know, actually tried it. You know, it's kind of like, you know, the simplify for the listeners, green eggs and ham, right? Okay. He did not want to have them inside a car, inside of a bus, in a tree. He didn't want to taste the green eggs and ham. Matter of fact, he had never even tasted green eggs and ham, but he had a stigmatization about it. And finally, when he tasted it, you know what? These green eggs and ham ain't half bad. Let me get a little bit of hot sauce going that green eggs and ham. You know, so that's kind of like that's kind of like where 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 I'm at with it. But man, like I said, I cannot thank uh, I cannot thank Pam Pam enough uh, for for uh, introducing me to the world of uh, independent wrestling here. And Ohio, and then you know, there's people like um, people like uh, Devin, Devin that uh, got me to go out to my first. Um, gosh, the promotion is slipping my tongue. That, that got me to go to my first Premier Championship Wrestling out here in in Cleveland. Um, he, you know, he was like, "Hey," and he actually inboxed me. He was like, "Hey, this is going on over here. Do you want to go?" And I ended up going to Premier for the first time. So it's like getting the chance to learn about these new promotions. And then there's so many promotions coming up. There's Ohio Wrestling Alliance, which is ran by Justin Dorch, which I'm definitely proud of that guy, you know, because here's a vision that he had that he's making a reality. And I'm definitely proud of everything that's going on with that. I mean, with everything going on, too, in Columbus, I mean, with them and, you know, Unsanctioned Pro, you know, that scene has really grown because for the longest time like you basically had two companies in ohio you had aiw and you had rockstar and i'd always said it seemed like at one point like it was a toss-up of which one's bigger i'll now go out and say that i think aiw is the biggest company in the state rockstar really isn't anything anymore like i don't hear about them as much as i used to and i'm that I mean, they could be still running shows, but if I'm not hearing anything or I don't know many people who are on the shows, like I think I might know some, but that I think that says a lot. And, you know, with Columbus kind of being in between, like it's closer to Dayton, but still kind of like in between those areas, like they didn't really have a scene. Like I knew there was, there's a, there's a company called now that was running in, in Columbus. And I think they still do, but like, I don't know the, they just weren't bringing in you know like the right wrestlers or anything or just they were kind of like booking from a certain pool and just it just wasn't connecting with with the masses but with the, these two companies coming up i feel like it's it's added a whole different um scene to the state i still don't, like obviously i still think aw's bigger but you have these two new companies and they're not pulling from the same pool that aiw is they'll pull from some but then they'll bring in some other people and I, like to me, I'm like, that's that's good, because if you're just going to give me AIW, then I'm going to go to AIW. But if maybe you're pulling people that 
I know AIW is either not going to book at all, or you just want to have a nice mix of people. That that could be a big reason. I'm like, oh, I, I need to go check them out. Like, I I still need to, and I know, like, I've I've had people push Bro, me. I, you uh, have to. I I know I have to. A lot of times, it just comes down to scheduling and money, and like, I think this year, like, I've I think the only wrestling shows I've been to were like local. I don't think I really traveled for any this year. Years prior, like, yeah, like I went to, you know, Indiana, I've, I've been to Tennessee, I've been to certain parts of Pennsylvania, but this year, I think, I don't think there's anyone in my, any other shows in my head that was outside of like Cleveland or like Northeast Ohio. Cause I also go to Ohio championship wrestling, but still it's like local. So like it, like unsanctioned pro is like, like I said, it's, it's been on my radar for years. And also with, um, OWA running too. I really want to go. It's always going to just come down to win. Like, for example, too, before I even heard about AIW or at the time, a, sh- a company that has been around years called uh, Pro Wrestling Ohio later became Prime Wrestling. Before any of that, I heard of uh, IWC. I didn't go to my first IWC show until 2000. Uh, was that 2009? Maybe. I can't remember if it was 19 or 18. Maybe it was 18. But still, like, it was like all these years later, like, it's on my radar. I'll get there eventually. There's a lot of wrestling out there to cover, man, and a lot of promotions to get to. But definitely, um, if you, I mean, definitely I get a chance to go to OWA show. I know the next one is uh, the 27th. It's like the day, the day after uh, Ho. Once again, I'm not calling anyone a Ho that's listening to the show. That Ho stands for Hell on Earth. Uh, but it's the day after Ho in uh, Columbus, uh, I think. Tickets are ten dollars right now, but hey, man, if you if you definitely want to meet up down there, or if you get the time or whatever, just let me know. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely an experience. Um, just just seeing this company grow from the ground up, it's a it, it's a beautiful thing because that's something that you know, as a wrestling fan, uh, especially with an independent promotion, it's very rare that you get fans that get the chance to see a company grow from from the ground up and and when I say fans I mean like consistent fans that you know who who don't waver and don't leave when there's changes like there's very few solid pillars you know that that get the chance to, to be those selective few but it, it's a beautiful thing to, to see to see this uh, company grow and the same thing with, with Uns- Unsanctioned Pro I mean getting the chance to see them put on their shows uh, OWA and Unsanctioned Pro collabor- collaborate a lot and uh, you know just seeing everything that they're doing together uh, far as far as with the, the talent exchange and the determinants that they have and the super shows that they have which is also great like that that to me is like the best thing smoking when you can get uh, two two to three shows lined up uh, in one day and be home before midnight. I'll I'll take it. All right, we've been we've been talking quite a while, so let's start to wrap this show up and get into the Fave Five questions. Hey, this is Booker T, five time champ, and this is the Fave Five questions. Now, can you dig it? All right, let's start with favorite flavor of Pop-Tarts. Ooh, favorite flavor of Pop-Tarts. Do I give you five or am I giving you one? How many do you want here? Um, I can keep going. 
Uh, your top flavor, if it's a tie between a few, that's fine. But your uh, probably okay. your main go to. My go to part tart uh, off off the hip. It, it has to be uh, strawberry. I'm I'm playing. Yeah, strawberry is is like a very I don't want to say basic, but like kind of like a normal flavor. It's not. I don't know. Remember the last time I had a regular strawberry pop tart. Like I currently have like pop tart minis in my kitchen. And it's like a, a the bigger pack you can get at Walmart. So it's like half chocolate, half strawberry. So I've had it that way, but I don't know when the last time I've had a regular strawberry pop tart. And I do, I do mine with no icing. Oh, that's, that's classic. I have not, I can't tell you the last time I had a no icing pop tart, but there, there's something with me, which I swore when pop tarts first started, there was no icing. But when I've looked back on it, like I guess some did. But the ones that I remember first were no icing. Yeah, that's, those are the ones I, I remember first. Usually, I, I don't know if I got this right, but I think the ones with no icing were, was cheaper than the ones with the icing back in the day. I can't remember. But I, I remember a lot of days of just Pop-Tart and the flavor inside. No icing, no sprinkles, no designs, no nothing. All right. Question number two, Pepsi or Coke? Oh, listen here, my man. Gotta have my Coke. And I'm talking about the drink. <laughs> yeah, there, there's something about Coca-Cola that I, I genuinely love. Like, I used to never be able to tell the difference. But then uh, I I dated a girl in high school. And all her parents got, at least while I was we were dating, was there's always like Coke and then Cherry Coke. So I'd always go over there and have that. And then one time randomly, I ended up getting a Pepsi at a, a restaurant. They didn't tell me it was Pepsi and I could taste it. And I go, oh, now I can tell the difference. Now there's a definite difference between the two. And now it's, yeah, you can easily tell the difference. It's, it's a, I don't know. Like I've, I've, I've tried a Coca-Cola fl- float. I tried to do it with Pepsi one time. Wasn't it? I threw the whole damn drink away. One of my, one of my favorite jokes by the comedian, John Caparulo. Was I'm getting, I'm getting, can we just have Coke and Pepsi in the same building? I'm getting tired of going to a restaurant. Can I have a Coke? Uh, is Pepsi okay? Mm, is Monopoly money okay? No, it's not because Pepsi sucks. <laughs> you know it sucks. <laughs> I feel that. Uh, question number three rank the fast food chicken nuggets McDonald's, Burger King, Wendy's. All right. If I'm going to rank these, I'm going to go ahead and do this right. Okay. So if we go on with the ranking of chicken nuggets, I'm gonna have to go with places that actually sell real chicken inside those chicken nuggets. So at number one, it's definitely going to be Wendy's. Uh, number two, I'm gonna have to go with McDonald's since they now have real chicken. Uh, they said it for the last two years, or each and every year they come out and tell you that we have real chicken, and then Burger King because their chicken nuggets nuggets absolutely taste like nothing. Nothing at all. I've recently come to the conclusion with Wendy's nuggets that, and this is just me, like to, to each their own, but there's nothing special about them. They, to me, they're like uh freezer aisle chicken nuggets. That's the, the, the thing that for me separates them from, or separates McDonald's from them is like, that's a, a unique nugget. Like that's a different breading and everything. And it's for me, that's better, but I will. I'll always say too, it's not that far of a difference between the two of like which one I prefer. Like I just had Wendy's nuggets not too long ago, and I'll say this: 
I've been a McDonald's guy my whole life. I've always preferred their nuggets and a lot of their condiments. And one of the slights I give against Wendy's is they stopped selling honey forever ago, but I don't know if they changed their condiment or not, but their barbecue is pretty good. And I think I prefer it over McDonald's barbecue. Yeah, McDonald's barbecue sauce gives me heartburn. I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, Wendy's barbecue sauce, definitely I'm rocking with. Um, the blasphemous stuff you said about Wendy's uh, chicken nuggets, <laughs> I'm going to let it slide because it's your show. But, you know, um, never never again in public. You just can't say that <laughs> about, about Wendy's. I mean, to, but like you said, to each their own. But to me, Wendy's, just because it's different, it stand out different and it hit different. And Wendy's spicy nuggets are 10 times better than McDonald's spicy nuggets or Burger King's ghost pepper nuggets. It's like, yeah, nobody, no, nobody is messing with Wendy's at all. At least you didn't compare the spicy nuggets from Wendy's to McDonald's regular nuggets. Cause I know a lot of people that like spicy stuff. Like I'm not too big in it, but so many people like, like spicy stuff and they'll go, well, I like Wendy's cause they have spicy nuggets. And I'm like, no, like you're comparing the regular nuggets. Like you actually bring like comparing the spicy nuggets all to each other was, was perfect. Like, yeah. Like compare what's the same, not like, well, I like the, the big Mac more than I like uh, a Whopper. And it's like, well, I get, well, maybe that's not the best one. Cause those are both the flagship burgers, but like, those are obviously like two different types of burgers. Yeah. I was about to say, you, you can't compare those. You, you better off comparing the big Mac next to the uh, BK stacker. Yeah, that, that's probably a better way. And I'll even say, like, me, also me being a big McDonald's guy, like, because I think I prefer a lot more of their stuff. I do prefer the Whopper over a lot of stuff. I, I, the thing that I wish McDonald's would kind of bring back, you could still order it, but you have to just change some things. Do you remember the Big and Tasty? I do remember the Big and Tasty, my man. I remember when I worked at McDonald's. <laughs> Same. And I, I, was, I was the maintenance man there, and on, on my lunch break, I will always get a big and tasty. So I worked there when they had it too, especially when it was on the dollar menu. So then that's like right around the time they first introduced the dollar menu when it was like three sandwiches, big and tasty, a McChicken and a uh, Mac Jr. I think actually, which I don't make double. Well, I thought the Mac Jr. was on there before the McDouble. And then when they took away the Mac Jr., they added the McDouble or they were, they were both on there and I'm just remembering it wrong. No, I mean, you, you could be right because I'm going to keep it real with you. Um, For the past, what is it, 2021, I worked at McDonald's in 05. I have not consistently ate McDonald's since 2005. So you are talking about 16 years that I have not consistently at McDonald's. And when I say consistently, I mean at least going there once a week. I can tell you probably within the last 16 years, excluding now, excluding now, because there's a story behind it. Uh, I've probably been to McDonald's less than a full calendar year in the past 16 years. Now, recently, I've been going to McDonald's because it's literally right across the street. And I I like the McGriddle, okay? I haven't had a McGriddle since the last time I worked for McDonald's. 
I went ahead and had a McGriddle this time around, and I've been hooked on it. So that's been my little fetish over the past two months. I need to give the McGriddle another chance. Like, to, I mean, it was one of my favorites for a long time, but I got tired of it. So I switched to if I did breakfast, I do the the McMuffin, sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin. And like when I made the switch, like for, for some reason, like that hit a lot better than it ever used to. So I've like trying to get back to where I go. I try the McGriddle and I, I like fall in love again. Cause I remember when I first had it and I, I bought the sausage and bacon separate. And I remember I fell in love with the sausage because like the sausage with the McGriddle cakes just is the better combination. Hands down. Hands down. And for, for a minute there, I, I thought you was about to say that you switched to the, uh, to the sausage biscuit, I was about to say, um, that is like the driest thing <laughs> that you can eat from McDonald's is their biscuits. I don't know who biscuit is drier. Is it theirs or Popeye's? But either way, it's a choking hazard. Make sure you have something to drink close by while eating a McDonald's biscuit. Yeah, I, re- I refuse to get the biscuit <laughs> for that, that same reason. Even the fact of... Sometimes I'll I'll grab a quick breakfast at Speedway, which they have, you know, heated up sandwiches. And like I went there one day and they didn't have a, an English muffin version, which obviously that's the a version of the the McMuffin. And all I saw was biscuits. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to try a biscuit. Then I finally found uh, an English muffin one that was heated. So I was like, oh, good. I don't want to like take a shot on a biscuit and it just be way too dry and be like, oh, fuck. Nah, I'm going to let you know right now, Speedway's biscuits are just as dry as McDonald's biscuits. It can be used as a lethal weapon in time of despair. So if you ever need something that you can just pull out real quick, reach inside the purse, go ahead and grab yourself a McDonald's biscuit or a Speedway sausage biscuit. It is guaranteed to do the job. All right. Question number four. How do you like your steak cooked? medium rare i i feel like that's the way to go i've had rare a couple times and i don't know like it, it a it didn't hit the same and i also think depending on like if you're going out to eat for a steak like there's i don't know if i trust certain restaurants with rare but medium rare i have a lot more trust and it always seems to hit the spot even the fact of i think it was two weeks ago we uh ordered red lobster and I got a uh, surf and turf. So I got lobster with steak. And for some reason, like after having that steak, which was the first steak I've had, that I feel like a while I was like, now I want just like a big fucking like T-bone or like something. And like literally that weekend we went to Longhorn. So I, I had to get me in a medium rare. Oh, so good. Yeah. I think that's the best way to, to have your steak. And I'm one of those people, like if it's not to my liking, like, I I would gladly send it back and then glad and gladly tip you very well for putting up with my foolishness. Because honestly, I could have just went ahead and went to Giant Eagle, went to Heinen's, went to Dave's, bought myself a nice porterhouse or bought myself a nice New York script and cooked it myself. But no, I chose to come out to your fine establishment to sit my lazy ass down to have you cook me a steak the way that I want it. So, yes, I am more than willing to send that state back, but I am very more than willing to tip you till you get it right. 
All right, question number five. Let's go with the Jocelyn Navarro question, which is tacos or burritos? <laughs> oh, now this is very easy for me. I am going to go with burritos. The only reason why I say burritos is because you didn't specify on what kind of tacos. And if you said hard shell tacos, I'm not a hard shell guy. I don't like being stabbed in the roof of my mouth with taco shells. I'm more of a soft taco type of dude. And I figure if I can have a soft taco, I can eat a burrito. Burritos, you can uh, fill them, stuff them. There's endless possibilities to how big your burrito can be. Versus a taco, you know, you really can't fill that up. I mean, there's no specification on what type of taco. Kind of just goes, you know, if you could have unlimited of either one, and you, but you obviously you got that pick. What that would be, especially like with tacos, like what would it be? I got. Oh, okay. I get. Oh, okay. I, I get you now. So you're saying like whatever. I mean, between tacos and burritos, it could be like whatever type of taco I want. Yep. Oh, then that case, I'm gonna go with tacos. And it's going to be cow tongue uh, tacos on um, on uh, soft, soft shell corn tortillas. Is that a like Miami thing? That is a Spanish thing. Uh, okay. That is that that is a uh, that's a Spanish thing. And that that is you can find that all, all across, like, you know, southern states, your, you know, your Texas, your Tennessee your um well if they well yeah nashville definitely has it uh if you ever get the chance to go out to nashville and go go by like some of these old malls i can't can't remember the one before you get to the opry mall but there's a uh, mall i cannot name it right now it's slipping my head i don't know if it's river mill or riverdale can't remember but there's a taco stand that stands out there uh inside the parking lot they have cow tongue they have uh, ground beef. They have chicken. But I'm more of a cow tom type of guy. Like, that is, like, the best. I'll have to try that at least once. Uh, sound, sounds very, very interesting. It's good, dude. I mean, it's, it's I'm telling you, don't knock it till you had it. I said the same thing, man. My boy my boy put me on to it. He's like, yo, you know, JT, you ever had cow tom? I was like, nah, I never had it. He's like, yo, try it. It's going to change your life, papa. I was like, I don't know. He's like, look. I'll pay for the first two. If you don't like it, you don't have to worry about paying, paying me back. But if you like it, you got to buy the next two. Needless to say, we we spending time buying each other tacos. But cow tongue is the way to go. And you got to make sure you get it loaded up with the um, with the onions and the peppers. Oh, it's the best. I'm not sure if I ever explained how I got this question, how why it's the Jocelyn Navarro question. And it's because if you you follow Jocelyn on Instagram, because this is where it, it comes from, sometimes in her stories, she'll throw out like random A or B questions. And she threw out one time tacos or burritos. I'm like, ooh, that's a really good question. Because like for a lot of these fave five questions, I want something that there's not necessarily a right answer. It's just like what you like and how everybody can have like wildly, you know, different preferences like, you know, tacos or burritos. Like, okay, which, where, where do you fall on that? And then sometimes too, it's like, well, what exactly, like, what's, what's your taco? Like some people, you know, there's like maybe like certain street tacos they really liked. Uh, then there's other people, like if they, they want to do go basic and like, say like maybe Taco Bell or even for me, I'll admit, like, I love the Rita's Locos taco. Like to me, those are fucking amazing. 
I'm with you on that one, bro. I'm with you on that. And I was pissed off when they took away the fiery Doritos Locos Taco as well as the uh, Cool Ranch Doritos Locos Taco. Um, I think it was a atrocity uh, to to the people that have been rocking with Taco Bell for the longest, and they just took those two tacos away. I was pissed about those particular two. I was more upset about Cool Ranch. But I'll admit, like, I, I think I liked the nacho cheese one more, so it didn't, like, bother me as much. But still, like, there, there was a long time that for every nacho cheese one I ordered, I had to order Cool Ranch. So if I ordered two of one, I got two of the other. That's just, like, like soon as they released the Cool Ranch, that's what I did. I always made sure I had equal amount of both. Same, man. So I, I remember ordering like the little $5 box and you usually then inside the box, you know, they, they give you like the regular taco and it's like, and, and they, uh, you know, they give you the regular tacos like, Hey, can we, uh, sub that out for Doritos local tacos? <laughs> like it's going to be extra charge. I don't care. No one wants your regular shell taco. You know why? Cause every time you give me my order, my taco shell is crunched to all pieces of hell. I might as well order the taco salad. So this is why I go with the other option, like the Doritos Locos Taco. Honestly, before they even released the Doritos Locos Taco, like I didn't go to Taco Bell that often. And more so, which I mean, this was years after they released the Doritos Locos Taco, but more so in the past four, five, six years, I've gone like a lot more. And now like one little tip that I don't know if I've ever talked about here, but I've, I've talked about on social media. If you can, no matter what you order, but it's better for for like uh, quesadillas and um, crunch wraps. Add potatoes because it's so fucking good. I'm writing that down. Yep. Add potatoes. Okay. And it's not, right. you're not using it to like substitute anything. Like you take like the whole like chicken quesadilla. Add potatoes because that's obviously not just regular potatoes. It's those like Fiesta potatoes, and those have like you know extra flavor to them and they're so good it's so good on them like everybody i've told that to they're like yeah like i've tried it and it's that's a game changer i might have to definitely try that out next time i pull up the taco bell i'm asking them to throw throw some potatoes inside my chalupa see what happens all right and question number six that i normally tailor around my guest uh i want to know you know from podcaster to podcaster who Who's on your list right now of interviews you want? Maybe not necessarily ones that you got scheduled. They could be. You don't have to divulge that information, but uh, give me at least three interviews you you uh, you like to get in. All right. So these three interviews are people that are that I don't have any type of plans or uh, let's say I haven't busted up the courage to reach out to them. So, um, one of them is definitely Scott Hall. I want to have Scott Hall. Uh, only because, uh, coming up as a kid, seeing this guy, uh, Razor Ramon, seeing the character and everything like that, man. I mean, that definitely resonated to me, especially growing up inside Florida, you know, closer to Miami. That, that, that was really the vibes down there. Uh, the other person, Kevin Nash, uh, once again, uh, another big influential, another big influential guy. Uh, for number one, he was a big guy like myself, and number two, the words "big" and "sexy" went together, and it kind of 
made me want to be those two things, big and sexy. I mean, you can't be big and stank. You big and stank. Nobody want to be around you. So let's go with big and uh, big and sexy. Uh, you you choose. I mean, you, you got to choose which BS that you want to deal with. Big and stank or big and st- uh, big and sexy. Uh, and number three, if I can get anyone on this show that I can interview, and this is not even a wrestler, uh, and there, there's a list of people, but for for the sake of time, the third person that I want to have on my show is Arsenio Hall. Arsenio Hall is a he is not only an inspiration. I remember watching Arsenio Hall when I was like five years old, staying up late night watching this guy interview like all all the latest stars. And then I got the chance to see him interview wrestlers like Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, um, um, gosh, Big Boss Man, Macho Slick, Man, Macho Man, um, Akeem. Um, the list goes on and on with the with the entertainment that that he's had uh, the chance to uh, have on his show, but not only that, Arsenio touched like a lot of relevant issues that people needed to talk about about that time, but no one had the courage or no one could present it in the way that he presented it in. So definitely Arsenio Hall. Plus, he's a Cleveland boy. I mean, I'm not from Cleveland, but he's a Cleveland boy. I stay in Cleveland, so I figure I can go ahead and interview someone from Cleveland. But uh, definitely Arsenio Hall. For some reason, when I think Arsenio Hall, I always forget about the show. Like I, like I vaguely always remember that happening, but I always go to one of my favorite movies, and that's Coming to America. Hands down, top. That has to be at least in the top ten best movies of all time that people can literally go back and quote line for line. There's not many movies that you can do that with. Coming to America is definitely one. If you have not watched Coming to America with Arsenio Hall and Eddie Murphy, you're missing out. Just know that Arsenio Hall plays a character by the name of Simi. He also plays uh, <laughs> uh, he also plays the Reverend. Uh, he also plays uh, one of the guys in the barbershop. But yes, that is like one of the best. But go back and watch Arsenio Hall, uh, the TV show, man. He has some good ones. Those dudes in the barbershop might be like, at least for me, the most quotable, like uh, the two lines that I'll I'll repeat and they're not part of like the, the same like conversation. But there was and I'm, I might misquote it a little bit, but is Mama call him Clay? I'm gonna call him Clay. <laughs> That's right. He always gonna be Clay to me. <laughs> and then uh, uh, I think what was it in, in the credits where the old man's telling the story about the soup? I love, I love just repeating the simple, aha, aha. <laughs> Sit down. I say, what? I taste the soup. What's wrong with the soup? Is the soup too hot? Too cold? No, just go ahead and taste the soup. What's, what's wrong with it? Is it too hot, too cold? Would you just taste the soup? Okay. Where's the spoon? Aha. Aha. <laughs> like, like every, everyone needs that, that meme loaded up in their phone because there's so many moments in life like that. I really need to sit down and rewatch that. It's been a while since I've watched that movie. And it's just, I think that's literally probably my favorite Eddie Murphy movie too. Like, yeah, that one in uh trade trading places. I don't think I've ever seen trading places. Oh man. Listen, you missing out Eddie Murphy, Dan, Dan Aykroyd, uh, 
this has to be literally one of the funniest movies put put together uh, on a, on a strip with these two characters, man. Definitely go watch Trading Trading Places. I mean, if you if you watch Trading Places and go back and watch Coming to America, one of the scenes makes sense. And I'm oh, telling I, you, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Yeah. Randolph and Mortimer. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it'll make more sense, but like I know, like because of just internet and watching other videos, where it'll explain, like, yeah, this is what this is about, type thing. And like, oh, okay, so yeah, it would be one of those things that would connect better. I probably should sit down and like watch it, but yeah, coming to America is just. I think it doesn't get talked about enough, and I have not watched part two. I want to. I think it just came down to like just not having time, and I think a lot of people just said it was bad, but I don't know. I look at it like this. If I'm getting a movie for essentially free, like through a streaming service that I've I've already paid for, my expectation level is like low to where if it's a really bad movie, I'm like, oh, you know what? It was free. Didn't have to worry about paying for it. Now, if I went out to the movie theater and watched it and, you know, spent all that kind of time and money and everything and getting all the concessions. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a little more pissed. But no, if I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it at home and. You know, like it's going to be part of my my subscription. Okay, you know if it sucks, fine, whatever. Yeah, and then if the movie is not that bad. I mean, then again, people have their their opinions. The only thing I can tell you is, from my experience watching Coming to America Part Two, listen, there's no way in hell these people were going to live up to the original Coming to America, which is damn near almost thirty years in between the two films. Okay, just not going to happen. You're not going to be able to catch that magic. But I will tell you for the for the effort that they put into it, they did a pretty well job with it. Uh, I liked it. I like the storytelling in it and everything like that. But uh, I don't think I don't think the movie was like absolutely trash. It's it's one of those movies that you can watch more than once. You know, there are some movies that you like. Yeah, I'm only watching this one time. Coming to America is not one of those. I'm sorry, Coming to America 2 is not one of those where, yep, I'm good. I don't have to watch it again. No, Coming to America 2 is rewatchable. I actually just remembered that I quoted, not necessarily quoted, I referenced uh, Coming to America recently while we were like talking about stuff for the wedding. I was like, oh, like I got a really good song for you to like come down the aisle to. And I played for her the She's Your Queen to Be. <laughs> And she looked at me like I was fucking crazy. And I'm like, okay, obviously you either never seen the movie or you just don't remember it. I'm like, it's, you know, you know, kind of a joke, but you know, you're my, you know, you're my queen to be like, get it. I thought oh, it was man. <laughs> you, you, man, you, you have to tie it down and sit it down and have a watch the movie. But that's funny because me and my wife, we actually came in like for the, uh, for the reception, uh, when they were introducing introducing everyone, like the pro- the parties, and we came in to the King's Motorcade from uh, Coming to America, and I was so pissed because the venue would not let would not let us uh, have the flower girls throw flowers on the ground to actually recreate the whole entire scene of royalty walking on the flowers. I was so pissed about that, but yeah, I feel you, man. Coming to America is a classic. Yeah, we came out to uh, Pompum Circumstance, and I did the whole Macho Man thing. It's only right. It's only right that you do that. I mean, I wouldn't have. 
I definitely wouldn't have had it any other way because that definitely sounds like Justin Summers right there. Uh, it was it was great. I mean, granted, like we were, I was planning it with the DJ, which I don't, I don't know if I've talked about. I definitely don't, I don't think I was talking about it here. But he was like, "Oh, what are you guys coming out to?" And I was like, "Pomp and circumstance." And he's like, "What? That's for that's for graduations." And I'm like, "That's Macho Man's theme. That's what, what I'm using." Even to the point, like I actually ended up providing the version that I wanted because you can find like different variations and different tempos and everything. Like, no, I want one that's definitely Macho Man's. And I, like I said, gave it to him and made sure I had everything damn near perfect. And the uh, wedding party came out to Ric Flair's theme, which I also provided because like trying to tell him what song I wanted because he was going to try to look for it through iTunes and everything. And I'm like, well, like you can't really find Ric Flair's theme, but it's kind of like the 2001 Space Oddity, Odyssey theme, but I know there's an like actual real name for it, but I can't pronounce it exactly to you. But I, like I said, I found it, and so they, they all came out to Ric Flair, and I thought that was great. Yo, that is so dope, man. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to have a lot of wrestling references for for my wedding, but the bachelor party, everyone had on the Wolfpack t-shirts, and you know we were out there, and Kicking it in Miami, ran into Allen Iverson, you know, you know, the small stuff <laughs> that I mean, it's 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 Miami for you, man. You you run into people all the time. I remember running to Al Snow and I, there wasn't even anything going down. Well, I take that back. It was uh, it was Labor Day. And I was down there for Labor Day. And this was like years ago, like 2008, 2009, running to Al Snow and Literally on South Beach, just came from my hotel. I was like, hey, you Al Snow? He's like, yeah. I'm like, he's like, yeah, I'm Al Snow. I'm like, oh, hey, how's it going? Doing all right. I'm like, well, what you doing here in Miami? Just vacationing. Oh, all right, cool. Well, I'm going to leave you alone. And that was like the last words I ever said to, to Al Snow. I haven't ran into him since, but, you know, not that hard of a guy to remember. <laughs> all right. This, this episode's gone on way longer than I exactly expected it to be so uh any uh final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go yeah uh final thoughts uh definitely you know as 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 i always say on 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 marshall mites look y'all gotta spread more positive vibes out there um too much negativity can have you unbalanced mentally physically emotionally and spiritually uh spread more positive vibes takes very little to build someone up than it does to tear them down just think about the logic in that message. Um, um, you can definitely spread positive vibes by telling someone something good about themselves, or you can go to our website at whatamaneuver.net and um, go ahead and purchase the Positive Vibes uh, T-shirt or tank top or hoodie. It is uh, hoodie season, so I would suggest a hoodie. Or if you got a baby on the way, like I do know what a lot of people right now, buy the baby a onesie. What better way to look at positive vibes than looking at your baby? Even when they just went ahead and took another shit after you just changed their diaper. Look at the onesie. Change your whole perspective. Um, I will say that I'm definitely glad to come on Wrestling Cheers and have a chance to have a one-on-one. That was definitely uh, something definitely happy I got a chance to do. And I will say um, make sure that you know, just follow us on social media. It's the name of the show, Marks with Mikes. Um, pretty sure it'd be inside the show notes. The exact same way he spells Marks with Mikes in the show notes. 
is the exact same way that you'll find us on all of the platforms that Wrestling Cheers is available on. And of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers. Email if you so choose to desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. You're ever listening to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. Check out our friends on the Trending Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Eurovision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling with Altitude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution, Baby, the IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Game Marks Podcast, Powerbomb Jutsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, If You Catch My Grift, Add Outs with Wrestling, Best in the World Podcast, Marks with Mics, This Ends at Prom and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcasting friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Redline Radio, Mouse's Wrestling Adventure, VHS Party Tonight on Instagram, Good Company, Heart of Gold, Toy Hiya Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoke and Jay's Barbecue, and be sure to use the 10% off code when you order of Cheers so you can save yourself a little money. Russell Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, even if you publicly say that you don't like uh, Wendy's Nuggets. Later. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Praying in your day, in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back. Other shows are in the trash. Kinda like they Nick Stapp. Like the name is Matt Justice. Wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Ohio. Good night. The world. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week.